Well, it's good to be home. We, we put on a few miles in the last uh, couple of weeks. We've been down in Texas with family and did a wedding over in Florida for Mike and Renee. And one thing we've learned over this last year is that although we oversee all eight campuses, you need to have a home. And it's good to be home because this is home here at Coitsville. And my wife and I have been so glad to be able to watch online. We weren't able in the last couple of weeks to watch the whole service because we had to be at church. But we were able to watch most of the service. And can I tell you how delighted we are, and we know you are, in Pastors Juan and Deidre. We are. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, it makes us as mom and dad just feel so good, 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 good. And it makes us feel so good to know that you're in good hands. And, uh, and Elder Jerry, thank you for sending that text last week, and that's what Elder Jerry sent me. Uh, I think right during the service or after the service and said, Bishop, you've left us in good hands. And uh, wanted to give you a brief report on Pastor Jim Cook. You know, he had that stroke and uh, probably watching online. And uh, hi, Pastor Jim and Cindy. Uh, coming along, but it's a slow process. It was, uh, you know, that stroke um, was a real stroke. And he, the therapy is coming along. He is walking, uh, you know, with a limp, but he is walking and things are coming along. But keep him in prayer uh, because we're believing for a full restoration and so keep Pastor Jim in prayer, but I want to let you know that he is coming along slow but sure. So keep him in prayer, and uh, I know John Santafani will be with us soon. We're hoping he'd be here today. Uh, John is a miracle man, and he truly is. And uh, hey, it's good to be here. And these, these last few weeks, uh, Pastor Juan has been preaching a wonderful series on living by design. And we decided that that I want to be a part of that series. And, and so today we're talking about living by design. He has talked about living by design in faith, in family, and finances. And uh, all, all three messages have been fabulous, but last week was wow. I mean, just wow. And, uh, and, and I love the points that he has brought to us. Living by design not by default. Say that with me. Living by design, not by default. Oh, that's so good. Because we live on a fallen planet. We live, we live in an atmosphere that is negative and critical and sinful. And so to just go by default is to just sort of go along with that flow. But when you come to know God, when you come to know God, when he becomes your father, when Jesus Christ becomes your Lord, you, you then, Jesus said, I want you to be in the world, but not a part of the world system. And, and so you cannot live by, by default, you've got to live by design. And I love what he talked about, because we, as we're still in a new year, my wife is still saying to people, Happy New Year. I, yeah, I catch it every time. And we only have a few more days. You get into February, it doesn't sound quite the same. But, uh, and, and honey, thank you for hearing from the Lord this morning regarding marriages. Thank you for obeying God. Amen. The, 
this, this thing about living by design and the fact that we're into a new month, and I love what Pastor Juan presented, is, is you know, it should not be about us making promises. It should be about us making progress. I like that. That's got some meat on it, I'm telling you. It, because, you, you know, promises come and go. We often say when we see people at the altar to receive Christ, don't, don't just promise God a bunch of things. God wants your heart. But God wants to see progress in our lives. And, and, and the truth is, you feel better about you when you're making progress. Sometime I, I want to do a message on discipline. Because that's like a bad, dirty word to a lot of people, the word discipline. But can I tell you that without discipline in your life, you cannot truly be a disciple. Because the very root word is right there. Today, we're looking at friendship by design. Friendship. We're talking about relationships. Everything I say today, you can tie into your marriage. Everything I say today, you can tie into a relationship with a boss or with an employee or fellow employees. We're looking at relationships, friendship by design. And here's something you've heard me say many, many times. The longer I live, and I've lived a few years now, the longer I live, the more I'm convinced that life especially a genuine sense of purpose and meaning and happiness is primarily about relationships. I've been with people at their deathbed. I have been with people in their final conversations on this planet. I've been there as their pastor. I've been there with my mom and my dad. Yesterday was my mom's birthday. And can I tell you that people are never talking about they wish they would have bought a different car, they wish they would have lived in a different house, or they wish they would have done something with money. They want to talk about family. They want to talk about friends. They want to be surrounded by those that, that they love and those people love them. See, th this thing about relationships and friendships, you cannot get away from it. When I was a teenager, and we still listened to this kind of music, Simon and Garfunkel had a song, and they said, I am a rock, I am an island, okay? And, and you know, they didn't want, you know, the idea of the song was, I don't want to get hurt. You know, I, I want to be alone, but, but that's not real living. We're not rocks, we're not islands, we're part of family. It was God's idea. And there are three most important relationships in your life. There's your relationship with God. There's no relationship more important. In fact, your relationship with God is your foundation to everything in life. Not just to the other relationships, it's your foundation to everything in life. Second is your relationship with you. You say, I've got a relationship with me. You sure do. You know why? You have to live with you. At the end of this service, we're going to say goodbye. My wife and I will be out in the lobby, and Pastors Juan and Deidre will be down at the connect thing, and we'll shake hands, and we'll hug, and we're not going home with you. You should say praise the Lord, but we're not, we're not going home with you. Uh, but you're going home with you. 
And tonight when you lay your head on your pillow, you've got to live with you. And if you don't get along with you, you don't get along with others. And you think it's others. You think it's them. And we're not going to tell anyone else. We're just going to tell you. We'll keep it a secret. It's you. Oh, my. Now, I didn't tell you to tell your neighbor it's you. Some of you turned next door and said, it's you. That, that's not what I said to do. Relationships, friendships. They're, they're so important in life and then our relationship with others. Jesus was asked the greatest question ever. The motive of asking the question wasn't the greatest motive, but it was a great question. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40, in the New Living Translation, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? In other words, what matters most to God? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I'm glad to know that. I really am. I'm glad to know that there's something that matters more to God than anything else. And it's that we love him. That we have a relationship with him. But Jesus didn't stop there. In verse 39, he said, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So from Genesis to Revelation comes down to a relationship with God, a relationship with self, and a relationship with others. Because you, I, I've lived long enough that people who do not have a decent, healthy mindset and relationship with themselves find it all but impossible to have healthy relationships with others. And it all finds its foundation on our relationship with God. Around here, we like to say, we love God how? Completely. That's all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. It's up here on the wall. It's in your bulletin. It's on our website. I've often said, if I had a tattoo, I don't, but it would be this. It would be this. I want to love God completely. I don't want to love God a little bit. I don't want to love God on Sunday. I don't want to love God when it's convenient. I want to love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. I want to love God, say the word with me, completely. And we are to love others, what's the word, unconditionally. What does that mean? There's no, there's no room in any Christian, in any follower of Christ, there's no room for prejudiced or biased or prejudging people based on skin color or nationality or gender or clothing. No, 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 you can't do that. See, the moment you signed up, the moment you said, Jesus, here's my heart, I'm no longer Lord and King and Master, you are, you, you had to give up that stuff. That, that, that stuff is not of God. It, 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 we are one in Christ. We are not one in race or nationality or even denomination, but we are one in Jesus Christ. Not sort of, not kind of, we really are. So we need to love others unconditionally, and we, we like to say we like to love life. Say it with me, enthusiastically. Say that again, enthusiastically. See, you can't say that and frown. 
I've watched people try to say that and frown. It just doesn't work like your facial break. You, you say, are we to love life enthusiastically? Absolutely. It's a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. What you do with it is our gift back to him. True friendships have many building blocks, but the foundation is built on love, respect, and forgiveness. You, you can't have a relationship unless you respect that person. Unless you love that person. And sooner or later, I don't care what the relationship is with a human, you're going to have to forgive. If you're looking for the friend who's never going to mess up, you ain't never going to find him. You say, that's bad English, but it's good preaching. <laughs> we're, we're human beings. Moses was called a friend of God because we're talking about friendship, and even God has friends. In Exodus 33, 11, first part of the verse says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Abraham was God's friend, and I at God's friend in Isaiah 41:8. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. We sing a song that I am a friend of God. In, in, in James chapter 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. I, I love this next verse, because it's sort of, I, I love verses that, that are short, but like speak a volume. Here's one. 1 John four nineteen. we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. If you do not have a revelation of how amazingly God loves you, you'll never be able to walk in love. Because that, his love fills your tank. And when, like David said in Psalm 23, he said, my cup runs over. See, we should be so filled with the love and value and dignity and worth that comes from God that I have enough for me and I have enough that it's overflowing to you. See, it's all about love. Jesus said, when Jesus said, by this shall all know that you're my disciples, say it with me, by the love you have for one another. The Bible says that God is love. Paul wrote and said, now abides these three. Say them with me, faith, hope, and love. But say it with me. But the greatest of these is love. You've read your Bible. Quality time spent together is a key in any friendship. That's why Moses was a friend of God. That's why Abraham was a friend of God. Spent quality time. God cannot be your friend if you don't spend time with him. The cool thing about God is he's available. There's, there's friends that, that aren't always available. In fact, no human friend is available all the time. But God is. You need to talk with him. A, a leadership lesson I want to throw out there to you because we have a lot of leaders. We're all leaders in one way or another. But people will not go along with you if they can't get along with you. See, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about friendships. 
some of your bosses, some of you own companies, but all of us are leaders in one way or another. And, and please get, people won't go along with you. They can't get along with you. See, relationships matter. It's, it's sad when you see somebody towards the end of their life and they don't have friends. They've not built relationships. They're lonely. In John chapter 15, Jesus Verse 13 said this, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. There's a sacrifice in love. You are my friends, Jesus said, if you do what, whatever I command you. We often talk about our relationship with God, that you can obey God and not love him. You can go through the motions, but if you love God, you want to obey him. Oh, you'll, you'll mess up at times. And folks, when you mess up, what do you do? And then what do you do? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're all going to mess up. That's why 1 John chapter 1 is there and talks about how we confess our sin to God. He goes on to say, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Wow. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Within true friendship, deep friendships, there's sacrifice. True friendships cannot be self-centered. If you're a self-centered person, I can tell you, you have few friends, and you find it difficult to keep friends. You know why? You're a nice person, but they get tired of it all being about you. A, a desire to please your friend whenever possible. You can't always please a friend, but... When somebody's your friend, you really, you do your best, you, you love to see them happy. You can't always, you can't compromise and you can't let them manipulate you. And, and also the bearing of one's heart. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'm calling you friends because I've revealed everything to you. There's trust involved. In Proverbs, there's a lot of wisdom regarding friendships. Let me read these verses. In Proverbs 17, 17, in the New King James Version, it says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. See, love needs to be constant and continual. Our goal as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is to have agape love, which is unconditional love. You don't have to earn that kind of love. It's given as a gift. I love the way the message puts this same verse. Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Can you say amen? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I don't know if family doesn't have issues. And if you think your family doesn't have issues, ah, they do. You just don't know. Okay? Every family has issues, but families, true families stick together. Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You say, how come I don't have friends? You're not friendly. I, years ago, we, and when I say years ago, I'm talking 38 years ago. I remember a lady asked to meet with me, and the reason she wanted to meet with me, she was leaving the church. And she, I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Why are you leaving? She said, this, this is the most unfriendly church I've ever been in. And I can still remember, we're in a blue building. I remember where she lived. I remember she would sit back in that blue building up the road, uh, back in this section. And during greeting time, this is the truth, during greeting time, she would fold her arms 
and she would put a scowl on her face like, you come near me, I will bite your face off and spit it at you. If you want to have friends, you got to be friendly. I, I still remember, and, and she honestly, she left the church because we were unfriendly. Hello. Hey, I didn't write this verse. Some of you look at me like right now, like you're mad at me. I didn't write this. Solomon wrote this. Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Oh. Listen, you need to have the kind of friends, and you're not going to have tons of them. Listen, those Facebook friends... That's not what this message is about. <laughs> I run into them around the world. <laughs> I've got 5,000 of those friends, and I'm, I'm glad that they're an audience when I do the videos, etc. But, but we're not talking about... But when you have a close friend, they have to have an ability to speak into your life a bit. That, that's what this means when it says that Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You can have people who just never will be honest with you, and you think they're the sweetest person on the planet. But the reality is they just don't have the depth of relationship with you. Going on Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You, you need to have two or three friends who are iron sharpening friends who you can be honest and transparent with, and, and they help you and you help them. Walter Winchell said, a friend is one who walks in when others walk out. Uh, re relationships, by the way, are not all the same. Let me give you a, a, a few different relationships. Some relationships are neutral. Say neutral. neutral. That's it. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Ah, yeah, how about that? How's the weather? You know, it's just on the surface. It's fine. You have that. Second of all, there are draining relationships. None of you have those. Now, I've sort of broken them down because some of those draining relationships, you're ministering to that person. That's cool because that's redemptive. You're helping them. But others are unhealthy relationships. And some are toxic relationships. And number three are replenishing relationships. Can I tell you, if you have too many neutral and too many draining relationships and not enough replenishing relationships, you will not enjoy life a lot. And you will begin to avoid people because you feel like everybody wants something from you. You've got to have some friendships where that when, when you're together, there's no agenda, but... You like each other. See, as Christians, we've got to love each other. But it's nice also to be with some people that you have some things in common with, and you like each other. Oh, you're looking at me like I don't <laughs> I have no idea what you... You know, watching the football game together, or, or, or just hanging out together, and, and it's replenishing being a high-maintenance person makes it difficult to have friendships. 
What is a high-maintenance person? Well, you're easily offended. You're thin-skinned. You're, you're, you're self-centered. It's a, one, a one-sided relationship will never last. You're, you, a high-maintenance person often is angry, often, and lacks mercy and holds grudges. Boy, some of you are thinking about certain names right now. You know, like, <laughs> what's amazing is there are, there's a lot of people in this room, there's a lot of people watching online, but nobody thinks they're the high-maintenance person. Uh, they demand perfection. But can I tell you that walking on eggshells gets old? These kind of people are often moody, so you're never quite sure which you that they're going to get. It's always about you. It's never about us in a high-maintenance person. You get too much of your self-worth from friendships, and it becomes your friend's responsibility to make you happy. Maybe nobody has ever described a high-maintenance person to you before. But can I say this to you? Sorry, but you make being your friend too much work. Most healthy people will not celebrate what they cannot tolerate. We almost need to breathe a moment here. (laughs) Now listen, none of us are perfect. All of us have a degree of maintenance. But I'm talking about this kind of person. You, you find it very difficult to keep friendships. And you've been trying to figure out why. A lady by the name of Dinah Craik wrote this, Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor measure words, but pouring them right out just as they are, chaff and grain together certain that a faithful hand will take and sift them and keep what is worth keeping and with a breath of kindness blow the rest away. That's a friend. See, true friends are rare. I'm serious. If you've got one, two, three, four, five true friends, wow! You should be blessed and thankful. If you say, oh, I've got hundreds of friends. No! You have hundreds of acquaintances. But, but friends, the, the ones that are, the ones that you can trust, the ones that, hmm. friendship by design. How can I be a better friend? Be an intentional listener. That's the most important part of communication. If you want to be a good friend, learn to listen intentionally. What does that mean? I like to look into people's eyes, and I have a habit. I put, I put my fingers over my lips. What does that mean? Shut up, David. <laughs> you can't listen and talk at the same time. So when you ask a question, listen intentionally. Be a good listener. You'll have friends. Make the friendship a priority in your time and attention. 
Treat your friend the way you enjoy being treated. There's a noble approach. Value people. Be approachable through your smile and body language. Be polite and kind and courteous. You've got to ask yourself a question. Am I any fun to be around? Or am I, is it difficult to be around me? I love people. But I, it's hard to be a friend to somebody who's always a mystery. I'm serious. There, there's people in this church that I love dearly. If I didn't know you loved me, and I do know that because you've told me, by what you give me, I would not know that. Some people give you nothing. Do you ever talk with somebody and it's like, what? I ain't giving you nothing. No smile, no nod of the head, nothing from the body language. You're going to have to earn it, dude. Smiles are amazing. Come on, Nate, put on your good smile. Come on, there you go. <laughs> Remember, people will often forget what you say and even what you do, but they will remember how you made them feel. People can tell. People can tell if you, if you value them, if you like them, if you, or if you are putting your arm out and stay away from me and you're going to have to earn my smile. Most of those people are not bad people, but they're hurt people. And see, hurt people hurt people. And they're afraid of relationships. They're afraid of friendships. Be become the kind of friend you want others to be to you. Don't be possessive or smothering in the friendship. If you've ever had a friend that, like, you had to be their only friend? I don't want to be friends with that person. They smother you. That's unhealthy. I don't want to marry you. I have a good wife. I just want to be a friend. Most friendships, listen, have an ebb and flow. Do not overreact to changes. Friendships change. Look at your high school yearbook. <laughs> you look at the back of your high school yearbook, best friends forever. It's like, who is that? <laughs> do, you do you recognize them, honey? I don't, I don't, best friends forever. Relationships change. It's okay. It, it really, it is. That, that's the way life is. I mean, look at why you have your yearbook out. Look at your picture. What were you thinking with that hairdo, you know? <laughs> Did you ever go to a high school reunion with all those old people? <laughs> I quit going, man. Those dudes are old. <laughs> like looking in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my. Know, know when the friendship is toxic and unhealthy. Don't let others intimidate, manipulate, bully, or shame you. It's not worth it. Move on. And can, yeah, go ahead.
And when, when people use the Christian card on me, what kind of Christian are you? A smart one. A biblical one. One that knows better than having any human being manipulate, intimidate, and try to control my life. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Be a loyal, dependable, confidential, trustworthy person. If you have a friend and they share a secret with you, become like a like a safe place because we all need a safe place don't repeat it don't don't bring it up in a prayer meeting as a prayer request and you actually just broke confidence don't do that remember love covers a multitude of sins show mercy forgive often you, you know how many mistakes have you made in god's forgiving you let it go. Life is short. Say that with me. Life is short. Say it again. Life is short. I, I, I don't understand why people treat everything like it's a crisis. The person's two minutes late. Oh, my. And then you don't forgive them. You don't say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, Rah. you make some sarcastic remark. You've never been late? Seriously? True lasting friendships consist of imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other and the friendship. I see Pam out there and she just flew back yesterday and she and Renee who just got married have been friends since high school. Ebbs and flows, ups and downs, this, that and the other thing, but you remain friends. We have people in this church that we've been, we're not just your pastors, we're your friends. Some for 40 years, 39 years, 35 years. You've, you've been through a lot of changes, but you've remained friends, and we've been friends to you. It's often amazing to me as a pastor that you sit with people and you hear the worst of things, and you help them maneuver through and navigate through, and you forgive them. But often as a pastor, if, if we make a mistake, it's not viewed with the same mercy, the same grace, same relationship. You ever judge a person's worth, value, or identity based upon their worst day? Look at me as we close. Everybody is going to have a bad day. Don't, don't judge that person based on that day, that that becomes their whole identity. Don't do that. God doesn't do that. A whole lot of people in the Bible had their worst day. As you make some progress, as Pastor Juan comes right now and wraps this up, as you make some progress, I encourage you to do three things. Number one, contact an old friend just to touch base and to reconnect. Do that this week. Maybe it's by Facebook, maybe it's by email, maybe it's by a card, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's getting together you know, at, for a cup of coffee. Number two, let a present friend know just how much 
that friend means to you. Friends, you're not going to have hundreds. When's the last time you said to your friend, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for loving me through thick and thin. Thank you for being there. And finally, through your relationship with God, have a sense of worth, value, and dignity that overflows to those around you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, it all comes down to that. It all comes down to that relationship with God. This has been an amazing series. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it in dealing with relationships. Pastor Juan is going to wrap this up before we have the team coming forward to pray for you. And, and listen, when that team does come, some of you have some issues inside that you realize that's what's keeping you back from good friendships. Friendship with God, friendship with others, and even friendship with yourself. When the prayer team is up here, that, that's going to be your opportunity to come and, and to sincerely, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a what? Doer of the word. Thank you, Bishop. You know, one of the things I've learned from you, Bishop, is that nothing will change your life more in the next three, five years than the books you read and the people you meet, the friendships True. you make. And I know Deidre and I are so thankful that you and Mom are in our life mm -hmm. and that you're not only pastors, but you're friends. Yeah. And when I think about that statement that you, you taught me, you know, all of us here, when I think about what God is doing in and through this church and this region and this community, you've also taught us that it, this isn't a one-man show, that, that living life as a lone ranger just doesn't work. And living, doing friendships by design means that there are other people that we're investing in and that are investing in us. So thank you for being such an um, example of that to my wife and I and to many of us. For those of you who um, are, maybe this is your first Sunday here, uh, or maybe you've been coming out for a couple of weeks, and um, this, is, this is Bishop Thomas. He oversees eight campuses, him and Pastor Kathy. This is one of the campuses. My wife and I, he'll, you'll see in a moment, uh, we're the lead pastors here at this campus. And so the, it's a blessing that not a lot of people have that. To have, um, to have amazing campus pastors like the ones that we have here at BCC and then some great, some great overseers of mom and dad. As Bishop mentioned, we are going to call the prayer team up in just a moment, just a, few, just a few seconds. There's some of you here that as Bishop was sharing, just maybe even at, towards the beginning of this service, the worship, there was just a sense in your heart that that you want to connect with God and that God is here. The reason you sense that is because He is. And if you're far from God this morning in just a moment after our blessing and we dismiss you, if you need prayer for any reason, any reason at all, we want you to come receive prayer. It may be, it may be relationships. It may be an area of finances. It may be in your family, your marriage. Maybe it's a, a health issue and you want prayer. There's going to be people here that are going to pray for you in any area of your life. You don't have to be a member of Victory Christian Center to receive prayer. You don't have to be a bad person to receive prayer. We all need prayer. I need prayer. You need prayer. 
And so we're going to go ahead and let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Let's welcome, let's invite our prayer team to come up right now. And, and as they do, Mom, Pastor Kathy, would you come? Deidre, would you come as well? And join us. And as our prayer team is coming... As our prayer team is getting situated, I know that there are a lot of people here today, and you might be thinking, well, this is too many people. I don't want to go up there and, and, and wait. Uh, listen, we've got, a, we've got a lot of people on this prayer team, and so we'll make sure that you'll, you get prayed for. We want to bless you, and at the end of this blessing, at the end of this blessing, my wife and I, we're going to sneak down to the Life Center lobby. If you're newer to the church and you'd like to meet some of our staff, you'd love to connect. We'd love to meet you. Come down and join us out these doors. Turn left and go all the way down past Victory Kids. We'll be in the Life Center lobby. Bishop and Pastor Kathy are going to be in this lobby over here. And so, but before you run out, if you need prayer for any reason, the end of this blessing, we want you to come and we want you to receive prayer. So keep your eyes open. This is a blessing. Friends and family of Victory Christian Center, I bless you forward. As you've begun this year with an intent to put God first and to do life His way in the area of faith and family and finances and friendships. May you be blessed forward from this day on. May this be a year that you will look back on and may you see it as a year of transformation, a year of going from default to design, a year of greater faith, a year of living in a blessed family a year of increase in finances and a year of blessed friendships. May God bless you and keep you. May he bless your relationships, your businesses, your work, your finances, your calling, your ministries, your marriages, your family. May he bless you that as you live this year by design, doing it God's way, that God will live big in you and through you. And may you, Victory Christian Center, Touch this region, impact this city, and change the world in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, if you need prayer for any reason, we invite you to come and receive prayer this morning. God bless you.